OSI Afterburner is dead. Finally, right to a repair gets a gigantic win. That stumbled over that. And AMD stumble out with new things. This is a GPU and CPU alike. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're going to be going over the hottest tech news that I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And I just want to remind you the most important thing before you indulge in any piece of hot news information for the rest of your life is onion. And the most important GPU that AMD's ever released on mobile has gotten its first benchmark, the 7700S popping up in some Cinebench scores. And it turns out that it's about 12% faster than the previous generation 6700S, and we have the scores here. But it turns out that we also have some leaked benchmarks on the RTX 4050, 4060, and 4070 mobile GPUs. And it appears that AMD is not even within spitting distance of anything that's supposed to be in its class. The RTX 4050 still beats out the 7700S. The RTX 4060 is well above the 7700S, and the RTX 4070 isn't even in the same conversation. Now, obviously, this is gonna depend on things like price points for these GPUs and the pairings that you're gonna get in the laptop, as well as things like how much power are these things going to consume. But considering where the 7700S falls in the stack, you would hope that it was a bit more competitive with the mid-tier stuff like the 4060, and it appears like it's not even really going to be, which is unfortunate. But NVIDIA also has their ways of uh, kind of obfuscating the performance on their own mobile GPUs, where they don't disclose the fact that it's it could be 35 watts or it could be 100 watts. You have to go digging for that information yourself. So if this is the best case benchmark, maybe the 7700S would does stand a chance, but I wouldn't hold your breath. And I forgot what I said, so I can't segue well. I'm a ray of sunshine today. Uh, here's the bad news. MSI Afterburner is likely dead to, due to a whole host of scenarios that are going on behind the scenes, specifically with regards to the main developer of the application. In case you're not familiar, MSI Afterburner is a very popular overclocking tool for people to use on their PCs for their graphics cards. Also, it integrates with things like Riva Tuner. So if you ever see, you know, a typical YouTube video show showing you the FPS and all the like details of your GPU and CPU. That's Riva Tuner likely being embedded through MSI Afterburner. It's incredibly popular to the point where it's like getting attacked for malware and phishing scams. Anyways, it turns out that there's a lot of details going on behind the scenes that make it so that this project might or might not be officially dead. The developer confirming that MSI has not worked on this for over 11 months. And primarily this is due to the fact that Russia has a lot of banking restrictions on it and the developer resides in Russia. So the developer unwinder saying that it's war and politics being the reason here. I didn't mention it in MSI Afterburner development news thread, but the project is semi abandoned by the company during quite a long time already. Actually, we're approaching the one year mark since the day when MSI stopped performing their obligations under the Afterburner license agreement due to the political situation. I tried to continue performing my obligations and worked on the project on my own during the last 11 months but it resulted in nothing but disappointment. I have a feeling that I'm just beating a dead horse and wasting energy on something that is no longer needed by the company. Anyways, I will try to continue supporting it myself while I have some free time, but will probably need to drop and switch to something else, allowing me to pay my bills. So this is obviously not what people who are fans of MSI Afterburner wanting to hear. MSI did provide a response to WCCF Tech saying our product marketing and accounting team are dealing with this problem now. Due to the war, our payment couldn't transfer 
transferred to the author's bank account successfully. We are still keeping in touch with him and figuring out how to solve this. So it seems like MSI is a little bit on damage control with regards to this situation. It's definitely understandable that there would be some banking restrictions with what Russia is illegally doing in Ukraine. However, it does seem like if MSI wanted to deal with this, they probably could have found a solution over time. The developer is saying that MSI hasn't really tried to do very much. And now MSI is coming out with a statement that they are dealing with this problem now, only that it's publicly coming into light. Obviously, this could be, number one, a big loss for the overclocking community or just even casual overclockers who regularly use MSI Afterburner. But also seems very strange that a company was relying on one developer for something that appears to be a very important piece of software in their entire product suite and that they just abandoned it for 11 months because they thought it was good enough and that they didn't have to take care of the person who was actually doing it. Obviously, it's incredibly complex. There's a lot of different political negotiations going on, especially with banking industry stuff with Swift being shut down to Russia. But the conversation doesn't appear to be great. We'll have to wait and see if there's any sort of development. Let me know what you think of MSI Afterburner potentially being shuttered down below in those comments. But a piece of software that is regularly getting updated and actually with some really cool features is OBS because they announced their latest 29 release, which allows for AV1 encoding no longer just on NVIDIA GPUs, but now for AMD and Intel GPUs as well. With all of the new graphics card launches actually supporting AV1 encoding, it's getting software support on OBS's side. And now essentially we're just waiting on Twitch and YouTube to open up AV1 encoding for live streaming on their side. YouTube already supports it for videos. Amazon, I believe, already uses it. I could be wrong on that, but I think they use it for their video streaming. It just hasn't been implemented from a live streaming standpoint, so we'll have to wait and see how this plays out. But it's a good implementation nonetheless, and a good day is what has been had by Bitcoin. Crypto stonks time. Bitcoin's up 1% to be at over $17,000 for the first time in a few moons. 17,1713.17. Ethereum's up 3.6% to be at 13.18, and Dogecoin's up 3.5% to be at 7.5 cents. And Tesla also having a great day, up 6% to be at 120 after close, getting further away from double digits. Tesla also announcing that they're gonna be removing a few features from their full self-driving suite, namely security features or driver alert monitoring features with Elon Musk saying that anybody who has over 10,000 miles in the beta program can get the little uh, wheel shake jiggle thing that uh, alerts you that you're not paying attention to the road. It's super annoying and not like really implemented well. It's very, bad so it's good that they're removing it and they have added driver eye tracking which is also good so i kind of understand this the headline on this electric article is that regulators are concerned but regulators hated this anyways so i don't think they should be that concerned the eye tracking seems to be a bit more of a robust feature we'll have to see how this shakes and bakes and i want to shake and bake reese i don't know what that means i should have said that to him welcome to ufd deals there is no Reese, only Onion. But his deals reach Onion through the void. Onion sees an iPad for $80 off, that's $250. And then a fancy Logitech 4K webcam for $129. Yes, very fancy. And there, 16 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM for $89. Onion just downloads its RAM for free, but you do you. Finally, Onion sees an Acer Nitro 5 laptop for 35% off at $850. Onion suggests you click on the deals in the video description. 
that is all. Thank you, Reese. I appreciate all of those details. And you wanna know what's gonna be a good deal to all the YouTubers coming near you? The fact that YouTube is rolling out the YouTube Partner Program for Shorts Monetization finally on February 1st with them sending out emails to YouTubers indicating that that is happening and there will be new terms and services to agree to with regards to the Partner Program. And that they will be introducing new modules to how it comes to you getting monetized on YouTube. So there's the regular module for the regular YouTube Partner Program base terms as they call it, which includes watch page monetization for all of the regular AdSense stuff that happens, including YouTube Premium. But now they're gonna be adding the YouTube Shorts monetization module, which allows for both ad revenue as well as YouTube Premium to be baked into YouTube Shorts, as well as a new commerce product addendum, which is for things like Super Chat, Super Thanks, fan funding, all of that kind of stuff. But you don't need to sign that new agreement if you are part of the partner program already. The terms to get into the YouTube Shorts partner program includes getting 10 million views on Shorts in the last three months. But I expect that you likely will be seeing more Shorts from your favorite creators in the coming months, especially as YouTube rolls this out, because up until now, most of the platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube have only had a bounty program where they had a pot that you had to split amongst all creators. And just because you got more views doesn't mean you got more money because you have to split it with the people who potentially are also getting more views than you are and they get a percentage, you get a percentage. And so just because you got the same percentage could mean that your amount goes down depending on how many people are entering into that fund. But the detail here is that this would allow for more fair equity across the people who are getting views reliably and could get monetized that way. And just to put this into perspective, our best performing short that we have ever released. Catelyn, don't show this on the screen, but I'm going to tell you guys how much we have made on 9 million views to show you how desperately people are not getting paid from short form content. Gaming on the M2 MacBook Pro, 9 million views. UFD Tech has earned a fat, robust, mega console paycheck of $13.07. That is how much we have earned. We've never had a regular video hit that, and obviously based on watch time hours, it's not quite equivalent, but the watch time hours on that video are it's close to the top of our best performing video that we've ever had, and still the revenue is not there. We'll have to wait and see if it helps creators. It could potentially go down. YouTube is not saying how much creators should expect, but they it's coming, it's gonna be happening. And what is something that a lot of people didn't think was necessarily gonna happen is John Deere is finally allowing for right to repair on their tractors after years of fighting with farmers and farmers fighting against John Deere, essentially taking place since 2016 when John Deere tried to lock farmers out from repairing their own tractors because they wanted all of the farmers to pay John Deere to fix it for them. They finally come to a memorandum of understanding with regards to actually getting these things repaired. So the MOU between John Deere and the American Farm Bureau Association includes providing access to diagnostic tools, manuals, product service demos, training and seminars to the farmers, including their staff or independent technicians on fair and reasonable terms. So it's not super robust. It's probably not as full-fledged as a lot of people want it to be. There are still terms and conditions, but it does indicate a good step forward for the right to repair movement, especially on something that is very, very important and up until recently hasn't been locked behind a paywall where people have been able to actually own and fix their own things. And if you can't do that with your tractor, I, I mean, making food is like the lifeblood of any civilization and locking people out from being able to do that job just because you want to 
nickel and dime them on crap like this. It was always a bad move. John Deere not really gaining a whole lot of respect from a lot of people during this entire fighting situation, but I hope it was worth it for whatever couple of pennies they got from the farmers who weren't pissed off at them and bought their products. I don't know why I'm sassy today. I do know why I'm sassy today, but it's not because I miss CES. In fact, I'd like it was cool to do it at home. Anyway, CES being back and big and large numbers. CES publishing that they had nearly 3,200 exhibitors and over 115,000 attendees. This is before they audit their numbers, but this is one of the biggest CESs ever and a much bigger amount than they were expecting before this year happened. CES taking place in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. 2021 was shuttered. 2022 was a little bit pulled back due to the large waves that were surging. So 2023 was a return to form and it looks like the numbers were pretty good. And that's what I'm hearing about the new CPUs that AMD is launching the 7900, 7700, and 7600 Ryzen CPUs, the non-X edition, so lower clock speeds, lower TDP coming in at 65 watts, but we'll leave links in the video description for you to check out Video Cards Review Roundup in case you wanna watch all of the reviews or read all of the reviews regarding these chips, but essentially it makes it look like you should have not bought the 7600X and anything that like, if you just want the cores and like the best basic performance, this is gonna do you really well. 7950X still top of the top, but especially for the budget things, the 7600 coming in at a cheaper price point, you pair that with a lower end motherboard, which one of the things that AMD did announce at CES, which I didn't talk about in hot news, is the fact that they are going to be bringing in cheaper motherboards to the Ryzen ecosystem. Hopefully something like an A620 should be rolling out sometime soon to make it a little bit more affordable, especially for the people who don't need things like overclocking or any sort of PCI Express 5.0, just essentially giving us what was like an X570 in a A620 board. That would be great. That would be fantastic, AMD. Make it happen. And I'll make the end of hot news happen because I'm done.